0: Hi, I'm Gail. And hi, I'm Catherine. And we're delighted to welcome today Sally Strossel, who's a licensed clinical professional counselor. In private practice for more than four decades, Sally offers a holistic approach to individual, couple, and family therapy. Sally and her husband, Tom, are celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary this year. Congratulations. Thank you. And Thank you. Sally's clinical experience and her happy marriage, she says, are her credentials, for her 2018 book, Living Your Marriage in Retirement, Keep the Music Playing. Mm. Here we are. Okay. So Sally, welcome as an advocate for women aging and to um, talk with us today ab- about keeping long-term relationships alive. And um, you've been a therapist for 45 years, I believe. So yes. uh, if you could just, just let us hear a little bit about your approach. Um, your holistic approach to marriage and family counseling?
1: Well, I'm going to answer that question. I also want to take this moment to thank both Catherine and Gail and for your wonderful website. This has just been a beautiful gift to me, discovering your website and passing it on to friends. And I I just look forward to a continuing relationship with all of these wonderful wise women that you are lifting up and uh, just inspiring all of us. So thank you for all of that.
0: Thank you, and welcome.
1: I also want to add to your introduction that I really feel like part of my credential is knowing that we're all trying to figure this out as we go along. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all walking this path and we're all just trying to figure out how to keep our own music playing in our lives. And, and if we're in a couple doing the same in those relationships. And I feel that that we learn from each other in sharing the stories. And so, you know, your website very much exemplifies that. So thank you again for for really, you know, doing what you're doing. That's, that's a lot of hard work and you're doing it. <laughs> thank you. So in terms of the question about holistic health, um, when I was back back in 1974, when I was finishing my clinical, my advanced clinical training, my graduate training, I got introduced to the ground uh, groundbreaking research of Hans Sahlia on stress and illness and it really changed my approach it added to all of my training and then added to my experiences over the years in working with families and individuals and couples the idea reinforced that idea that were that mind body spirit were all connected that what i'm thinking what i'm feeling affects how my body reacts affects how i feel spiritually how i how i relate to the world how i present myself and we cannot pull that apart just one thread at a time it's all connected and so what what's in our hearts and how we connect spiritually that all affects our health and recent brain research has continued to really reinforce that idea that supports that interconnection even more on the very cellular level, which to me is so exciting. So all aspects of ourselves are connected, and we weave that together uh, with, with more and more awareness. The more conscious we are, the more aware we can of bringing that to that highest sense of wellness for ourselves. So we know this about the individual, then we also know this about the couple and the family. And then we extend that out into the environment. And and into the system that we are, we are in, the ways in which we're affected. Certainly the pandemic mm-hmm. brought that, that question home to us in terms of the connection of the, the culture and the environment. So the holistic approach affa- uh, addresses that. It also addresses the issue that the problems that created the distress in the system, that same system also contains the solutions. Mm-hmm which i think is is just very powerful knowing that that um the same system that can that created this distress also contains the solutions. So when we can access the wisdom, the mind body spirit wisdom of the person, of the couple, maybe the family. I also believe in our environment and culture, that we then can come up with solutions that will be effective, that will be helpful. So part of what um, happens in therapy is that we create a safe container in which that person and the couple can come to that wisdom. They can access that mind, body, spirit wisdom, and then they can come up with solutions. They can create the solutions with the support that's going to work for their system.
0: Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. A very powerful
2: statement. Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
1: Yes. Really informed my work with people over the years, and it's informed my own um, understanding of myself. So, Catherine, I'm reminded that the way that I came to know you in a forum was when you did the forum with, um, or maybe it's called the Deep Talk, Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. Carolyn uh, Torkelson. Torkelson. Mm Okay. Could you tell us again about the the book on integrative
0: health? When will that when will when can we look for that to be released? Well, thank you for the plug. Um, <laughs> that is coming out. It's called Beyond Menopause: New Pathways to Holistic Health, and it's coming out in early October. Oh, I'm really looking forward to it. So let's talk about books. Let's talk about you now, Sally. Okay, I just wanted to, 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 to <laughs> thank imagine. you. Appreciate that. Excited about adding that to my collection. Yes. Um, um, so, what was the what was behind? What's the mission for writing "Loving Your Marriage and Retirement"?
1: I, I got to tell you, I, I um, writing a book was not on my. Uh, that was not in my repertoire. That was not on my agenda. It was not one that I anticipated, and so writing the book has has really been a, a wonderful adventure for me. That I've learned a lot about. You know, when when people talk about everybody has a book in them, I, I couldn't re- resonate with that. I, I didn't feel that way. Um, I feel most comfortable when I'm interacting with people. When I'm with, if I'm in a consultation with a couple, or if I'm just hanging out with people, that's when I'm most alive with myself. Or when I'm with myself, so I didn't. I didn't have a desire to um, to write a book, but what started happening was that um, I started meeting more and more couples, long-term marriages, who started experiencing distress when they were approaching retirement or were already retired, and some of those issues that they had kind of left neglected, left on the shelf, or denied when they started spending more time together, they started trying to plan with maybe very different ideas about retirement, started kind of exploding in their face, and they were feeling kind of blindsided. So I went, I went to the bookstore, I've always used books, I've recommended books to my clients over all the years, I use a lot of books, we call it bibliotherapy, just fancy way of saying we read books. And, and, And so you know, we have those resources, and I couldn't find a book about marriage and retirement. I could find books on financial planning. I could find books on the best city in the United States to retire to. I could find lots of recreation books. I could find a few that started to address the issue, but they were either very academic or very kind of kind of pejorative actually. They were they were kind of pandemic that I, I didn't like the 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 message, the message, the voice. But I didn't really find anything useful. So I still kind of resisted the idea. I just thought, we'll kind of work it out. But then I started waking up from deep sleep with paragraphs being written in my. Head. I'd never experienced that before, so I started realizing this is a spiritual struggle. I need to just surrender and find out where it takes me, out of my comfort zone, and see where it goes. Uh, my husband is a journalist. He's retired now for ten years, and Tom. Tom's the writer. He he had a 40-year career as a reporter and then as a news editor for a local newspaper. Fabulous writer. So Tom was the writer, not me. So I'm glad that I did finally um, just go ahead and take the plunge. I found that I couldn't write. Uh, after a day of clients, or before in the morning, I was going to work. I found that I had to set aside days, uh, just being very quiet. I upped my meditation practice. I found places uh, by water. I found that if I was uh, on the meditating by water, that um, that flow would come. And it it has been a, a really helpful
0: journal journey for me. Yeah, I, I admire my, your courage. Yes, and, it, and it, with a wonderful result. Can you um, give us some highlights from the book? What are some of the main messages? I would love,
1: I, you know, the mission, the mission of the book became more and more clear um, as, as we wrote and tested the material on some of our readers. Um, there are a lot of self-help books out there that focus on marriage in general, but not specifically on retirement or specifically on the changes that happen in a relationship with aging. I expect that more of that's gonna happen because we baby boomers are gonna be requiring more and more of those references. So what we found out as we did more writing was we had three main objectives. Our first objective was we wanted to inspire couples to keep the music playing, find out, encourage, find out what kept their juices growing. What made them feel alive? What helped them reboot their marriage to bring in that level of passion and energy and joy that they desire? To not settle, not settle for something that was less than because they hadn't had the time to be able to give attention or intention to their relationship. The second thing we wanted to do is to share stories, share stories of success and share the wisdom of couples also as a way to validate couples already felt healthy about the way in which they related to each other, maybe didn't really feel like they needed a reboot, but they wanted to feel validated by other people's stories of success. So we wanted to include that. And then third, we wanted to share skills and share strategies uh, to help improve marriage as well as to help people start planning intentionally what does retirement mean to them, Um, where do they want to live. How does this life stage affect them as a couple? How, what decisions do they wanna make about um, what lifestyle they want? How do they wanna plan for that? So we we included some suggestions about how to do that in the book. So all of that was kind of with the main thing is we wanted to be encouraging, but yet we wanted to give an authentic voice to, what this stage of life is, which is a lot of change. It takes a lot of courage, as we yeah. say.
0: <clears throat> go, go. And, um, this is- I just wanted to mention the chapter or the sections of your book. Um, so I'm looking at the table of contents. Okay. Facing the challenges, which what, what you were just referring to. Yes. Can your marriage survive retirement? It was one of those chapters in that section. Then enhancing togetherness. Yeah. And, and the first chapter in that section is about communication. Yes. One talks, one listens. Yes. The next section is being your best self. And then the next one, last section is enjoying retirement. And I, I've, I just really appreciate how, how you, uh, the sections, the way you approach that, um, those areas. And are, are there any, in any of those chapters or any of those sections, sort of pearls of wisdom that you want to, to share now?
1: I'd, I'd like to do that. Thank you for that guidance. Um, on your website, you use the word reimagining.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We we also have heard the word re inspirement, which I love. I love that word instead of retirement, re inspirement or rewirement. And I would say that, that that is one of the themes throughout the whole book with each of the chapters, each of the 20 chapters. Um, in communication, you know, I think that um, one of the major points we're trying to make about that is that it's really easy to get into a rut, especially with long-term marriages. We start to do the same thing over and over and over again without really bringing a lot of intention to it. And it can start to lead to kind of a, a sense of dissatisfaction or a sense of just a kind of low energy and not a lot of excitement about that. And what we're aware of is that our brains need Novelty. Our brains need new things. We need to put down new pathways, neural pathways, in order to experience new feelings and in order to have more joy and delight. So part of that in communication is learning to re-listen to each other, to, to, to deliberately with intention, ask your partner some questions about how he's doing, how she's doing share about on a deeper level about what you're doing. But that also includes an acknowledgement that relationships are messy. You know, we're not always going to have these moments of bliss and and delight all the time. We also have to work on how to communicate through kind of gringy times or through snarly times. Mm -hmm. And and kind of having that willingness to go there. That you used the word courage earlier, Catherine, to have that willingness to ask that question that might be uncomfortable or to say those that truth that may be uncomfortable mm-hmm. that kind of brings brings um uh awareness brings consciousness there are times you know i think everybody in a relationship goes through times when maybe we don't feel as loved as we'd like to feel And maybe that's a buildup of resentment. Maybe that's a buildup of minor irritations that have gone unaddressed in some kind of unconscious ways that we're not deliberately hurting each other. We're just kind of getting too distracted by other things. So bringing awareness to what we need in order to feel more loved or what my my partner needs in order for him or her to feel more loved is, um, I think, part of that highlight of the communication chapter. We, we just had something recently happen at our house. I'm just going to kind of tell the story on myself. Where um, I was at the kitchen, the water was running, the dishwasher was running. Tom was in another room. He said something to me. I yelled back to him that I couldn't hear him, and I was also kind of um, uh, suspicious that he hadn't put his hearing aids in yet for the morning, which always makes it more difficult for us to listen to each other. And my tone of voice was much more irritated than 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 the event called for, and. I paid attention to that and realized, okay, that's a signal for me. When that happens for me, it usually means I'm holding on to some other sort of garbage some from something else, some baggage from something else. It may not even have anything to do with what, what Tom and I are doing. And so I just took a moment. First of all, I apologized. And I said, I'm really sorry. <laughs> that, was, that sounded really mean. And I didn't mean to sound so mean. And I just asked him to kind of listen to me and kind of help me sort that out. Now, that's a minor example. That's, a, that's an example of a minor resentment minor irritation. but in re, in long-term relationships, those sort of things can build up. And so asking the couple to pay attention to that buildup because if we don't, it can add to a sense of disconnect. It can add to a sense of not feeling loved or not being loving. So one of the things that we suggest to people is um, that they they institute an agreement to have a weekly, Check in a weekly. We call it the couple check in, and we provide a protocol that they can follow. We're in that weekly time; it's uninterrupted time. They talk with each other. They kind of they share what's going on. How are things going? Is there anything that we need to kind of process through? Do we need to problem solve? It's also a time to give each other appreciation statements and and to really you know highlight. This is one of the reasons that we're married to each other and committed to each other. Is that this relationship is that important to us?
2: You know, I think that the book Sally is is um, it, it it provides a lot of practical information, but also with heart. All of it, you feel the heart throughout, and and how obviously your and yours and Tom's relationship uh, kind of takes you know, center and backstage a lot. And Tom's comments throughout the book are are just wonderful. I I don't know how you chose those or what you did, but he's in a little box and it's Tom's take on something. And it really adds to it. But I'm really interested in uh, the enhancing togetherness and the chapter called Naked Nightly and Afternoon Delight. Ah, yeah. Tell
1: us a little bit about that. Well, one of the things that have has come in my discussions with my clients over the years, um, and I also want to note that in, in the book, we also interviewed what we call the wise married elders. And that was a group of, of couples that had had some distance from retirement already, and they could look back on, reflect on that major transition in their life. Some of those couples... Um, were able to move into that transition with ease. Some of them were retired in a situation where they're booted out of their company or, you know, fired from their job and and didn't have that luxury of being able to plan for retirement and had to all of a sudden, you know, go through that change. And other couples we we interviewed were couples that had to basically, totally reboot their marriage in order to save their marriage. And so from the wise married elders, we we also got a lot of those gems of wisdom. And one of them was about sexuality and, and the commitment to prioritizing the couple. Um, one of the ways that some of the couples shared with that is uh, one couple that, that I'm thinking of right now, very, very busy. They're in their 80s very, very busy, they have a connection time every day that they call their sacred time. they get together wherever they've been in the world, out with family, out with their activities. They come home, they share a light lunch, and then they either take a nap or they have some snuggle time or they do snuggle and nap, you know, or whatever. And from 12 to 2, that's their dedicated time, no matter what else is happening in their life. And you can tell in just sitting with this couple how much they truly adore and care about each other. Another couple we, we um, interviewed, um, they kept their ritual from their long-term marriage of every Friday night was date night. And everybody in their family knew that. And as the husband said, you know, sometimes we might, we might make love other times during the week, but for sure we knew that on Friday night we would have a special time with each other and we would, we would connect with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, even though in this in this particular case with this couple, um they they then soon went into some medical issues and so their way of being with each other sexually now is very different than it, what it what it used to be. Mm-hmm. So in that chapter, the first cha- we have two chapters on sex. <laughs> the first chapter is about those couples that um want to just bring in more spark and they just want to enliven their sexual relationship with each other by trying different different positions or giving more attention, prioritizing it more, bringing in some sex toys or some other um, things that they want to do to make that more alive. And also in that chapter, we also deal with uh, chronic pain, which as we age can affect how we feel sexually, and also the issue of ED and how how can that be incorporated into uh, healthy lovemaking. Mm So one of the things that, that we like to highlight in that chapter is the idea that even just skin to skin contact, even if you're just touching and cuddling, and there's not anything necessarily arousing or sexual about it, just the touch to touch can increase the release of oxytocin, oxytocin and nitric oxide. Both of those, the, the, the hormone helps to bond us, helps to connect us, and the nitric oxide helps us feel more alive. It's called the God spark in ourselves. So just that alone is worth finding out how to just maybe get naked again together or just touch or just do a foot rub or do a massage. So for a lot of couples, they've, they've, they've maybe stopped doing that or they don't do it very frequently. So bringing attention to their sexual life helps them awaken that up. Sometimes when I'm sitting with a couple, the husband will tell me how much he misses sex. And the wife will tell me how how much she misses foreplay, how much she misses emotional intimacy. But they both tell me how much they miss the touch. They both miss just cuddling. Doesn't have to necessarily be sexual and if you want it to be sexual then there is this awareness that as we age our bodies change and for some women what it may mean is that they they aren't particularly aroused when they think about having sex maybe that's different than what they felt like before menopause or in as they've as they've gotten older they've noticed that and so if they wait for feeling arousal Sex isn't going to happen. But what they find is that if they begin to engage sexually and they begin the touching and the fondling and and relaxing into the moment, the arousal comes and maybe it becomes orgasmic. But whatever happens is it's been a nice connection. Mm -hmm. The second chapter is on sex is about working with couples where sex is stopped Mm -hmm. and it stopped maybe for a long time. And there are lots of reasons for why that sex has stopped. So we give some pointers about how to um, talk about that and what to do In, with a couple where it's okay with them, the sex has stopped. It's not an issue. But for couples where one still really wants to have sexual connection and the other is opposed to it, that's a whole nother complicated um,
0: issue. Yes, yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's yeah, very
2: interesting. Thank you.
0: Important. Well, Sally, what else would you like to tell us about you? About uh, you're a therapist, you're, a, you're an author, and you're also, we know you're a wife, a longtime wife. You're a mother, grandmother, you sing, you're a feminist, spirituality is important to you. Tell us more about how all that fits into your life. Ah, well, <laughs> all of that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I've i been noticed. Thank you, Catherine, for that question. I, um, I, I've noticed as I've been getting older, I've noticed a couple of things. One is I just become more laser sharp with the couples I'm working with. I feel so grateful that I still want to continue to do work. I love the work that I do, and I feel grateful that People are making appointments and as long as I feel like I have something to offer, I want to do that. But part of what's different for me is that I feel like i have both taking life more seriously and I'm taking life more lightly. Mm-hmm. I find that I laugh a lot more. I find that there isn't so much black and white. There really it's a, it's possible to be both of us be right even though we may be diametrically opposed, we may not agree with each other, but if we keep talking with each other, we can find a way to listen to each other. And that humbles me because sometimes I can get caught up in feeling that I'm right, and I might feel really strongly about that, which means then that you must be wrong. (laughs) But if I step back and I just stay from a place of, I listen from a place of humility, I stay curious, what's this about? Then I also notice that we can come to a new understanding. I don't have the whole story. And I think there were times I used to feel maybe invested in having the whole story and feeling kind of more self-righteous. So I'm noticing that I'm taking life more lightly. I'm playing a lot more. I'm learning how to play after being so involved in raising our children and, you know, being in our careers and all of that together. I'm finding that I just enjoy those times when I can be more of of lightness.
0: And what is is play? How how does that? You know, I love to play in my garden.
1: I love growing my own vegetables for my smoothie in the morning. I I just I I, I have no illusions that I'm making any money. I know I'm not. <laughs> Not <laughs> not making money. I mean, I'm not saving money. I could I could do better at the farmers market, but I just love going into my backyard and, and picking my kale and picking my tomatoes and picking my herbs for my smoothie. So that's play. Uh, singing is play. Singing for me by myself, toning, singing in a group of other people, making harmony. My husband and I, you know, regularly sing. We sing to our children and our grandchildren, and I come from a family of singers. So when we just got together. In the end of July, and we spent hours with a songbook singing all fifty oh, wow. It was just...
0: wow. <laughs> That's, fun. That's about Hildegard. Just very quickly, because it's such yeah. a special. Yeah, yeah. My, my Hildegard, my
1: Hildegard. Thank you, But my Hildegard. Time I've been in this circle of of women singers for twenty years now, where we sing the chants of Hildegard of Bingen, who was a twelfth century visionary. I mean, it just blows my mind. Everything. That Love you- those.
2: I, love, I happen to know them. I love
1: them. They're yes. So we also, yes, they're so beautiful. And we also then do other healing chants. And and we we are very intentional about singing together, making harmony, and creating the ways in which we can let love lead. That's one of our models is letting love lead. Mm,
0: that's lovely. And just uh, Sue, Sue Ross is one of our earlier guests. Um, I don't remember the episode, but look up Sue Ross. Sally and Sue have, are part of this group and have known each other for, for many years. In mm-hmm. fact, I think that's how I, I found you, Sally. Oh, okay. Maybe it was, through Sue.
1: It was or, through Sue. And I think Sue was the
0: one that told me about you. So she, she is. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> so um, tell us what next for you in the few minutes we have remaining. Well, um, uh,
1: as I said, I I really enjoy being um, contacted by partners who have found our book and who want to do some specialized, intensive work around the issues that are coming up for them. That's often very short-term work. We also are working on um, editing our first edition and coming out with the second edition. Uh, that may be a while, so I don't want people to wait. If they're interested in buying the book, buy it now. <laughs> don't wait second edition because so uh, you know things happen and uh, so we're we're kind of on a slower pace right now um but that that part that professionally is where i'm at i, I was just invited to attend a symposium by my professional organization that's focusing on retirement and i am very sad to say that none of the sessions were focusing on marriage none of the sessions were fo- focusing on relationships it was all about individuals retirement. So we have more education to do, because we know how big this life stage is in people's lives, and we. I think it's important to keep preparing for this, so that we can have the best
0: life we want. And and I think Gail mentioned this earlier, but I think the um, your book is of course about keeping the keeping the dance, the music alive, playing, keep the music playing, but it's also. I think it's relevant for any couple uh, if they're in their 40s or 50s or they're still working because so much of what you have to offer is just good sense. (laughs) So it it doesn't need to even be married couples. It's just people who are in long-term relationships.
1: I really appreciate that, Catherine. One of the chapters that we wrote was on personal development, that retirement allows us the opportunity to go back in and figure out and examine you know what have we given up by being so focused what do we want to bring back into our life what really inspires us because if we're in a relationship or if we're single we're in a relationship with ourselves Mm -hmm. our primary relationship is with ourselves and finding out how to best love ourselves and for some of us that's a lifelong task (laughs) to keep figuring out how to forgive and love and accept ourselves just as we are and bring more love in.
0: It's a lovely message. Gail, anything else? (laughs) No, it's,
2: it's, uh, I've enjoyed this so much, Sally, and you have a way of expressing yourself that is, is easy to listen to that I think encourages people to want to read your book and learn more from you.
1: Well, thank you. It's mm-hmm. just polite to to spend this time with both of you. I'm just so inspired by both of your lives. Oh,
0: thank, oh, you. thank you. And the way you talk is the way you write. Yes. So yes. absolutely. It's a very um engaging, accessible. I feel like when I was reading it, I felt like you and Tom were talking yeah. with oh, me.
1: I appreciate that feedback, Catherine. We really work to try to find what the right voice is.
0: Mm-hmm, that's, mm-hmm. Yeah. You've done it. You've done it, Sally. So, so thank you so much, Sally, for being with us and being an advocate and such a wonderful role model for all of us. For sure. Thank you.
1: I appreciate it. Thanks again.